Remember, if anyone asks, we're a nice, normal talk show. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Why should your right to freedom of speech trump a trans person's right not to be offended? Because in order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive. Like, you're, you're doing what you should do, which is digging a bit to see what the hell's going on. So and that you, is what you should do. But you're exercising think- your freedom of speech to certainly risk offending me. And that's fine. I think more power to you as far as I'm concerned. So you haven't sat there and... I'm just trying, I'm just trying to work that out. I mean... Ha, gotcha. I smile every time I hear that. That is Jordan Peterson being interviewed, and uh, and I, I I love how she is completely stumped at the principle of saying, "Look, we have to be able to have freedom of speech in this country, and you have to risk off- being offended and also being offensive to to think that that is just what we're about. And when we lose that, we lose." We lose America. We lose who we are. And she did not know what to say to that because for her, offensiveness trumped uh, everything else. Um, you know, you can't say anything offensive, no matter what I deem to be offensive. So there. Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. Glad to have you listening. You can go to katedalyradio.com. Uh, and there's so much information there on the show. You can check out the co-hosts like, you know, Uncle Milty. How are you? Good. I'm good. Good. And uh, and then, of course, uh, you can email us, kate at katedalyradio.com. And you can also email Uncle Milty, Uncle Milty at katedalyradio.com. The podcast, the recordings of the show are, are recorded for you. And they are actually on the homepage, on the bottom of the, of the homepage of the website, katedalyradio.com. I encourage you to go and get them and share them Um, because we have got to educate America. This is getting bad, folks. I mean, it's getting so bad that the New York Times, you're going to hear a lot about this, kind of interesting on the heels of my last Friday show, but they have put out a new production. Yeah, it's called the uh, 1619 Project. Yes, the 1619 Project. It's a... In August of 1619, mm-hmm. a ship appeared on the hor- on this horizon near Point Comfort, a coastal port in British colony of Virginia. Mm-hmm. It carried more than 20 enslaved Africans who were sold to the colonists. No aspect of the country that would be formed here has been untouched by the years of slavery that followed. On the 400th anniversary of this fateful moment, Mm. it is finally time to tell our story truthfully. Oh, boy. And then it's followed by a series of essays. Essays. That have different aspects of this subject. Um, It's it's really interesting, and I haven't read a lot of it yet. The well, this is this is just to let you know how horrible you are <laughs> as a populace. The New York Times would like to let you know this. Um, this is this is straight from straight from them. For conservatives, being a patriot means believing that America is an essentially good country. Its sins are aberrations rather than central to its history. There is no room for a nuanced 
patriotism that sees a nation with racism as a central part of its DNA, but also a nation that can be improved through our constant struggle and work. It is the America Love It or Leave It bumper sticker expressed in more florid uh, prose. Um, Okie dokie. Yeah. (laughs) uh, From what I've read so far, I honestly believe that this is designed Mm -hmm. to increase the friction between blacks and whites to a point of violence. Yep. You're you're so right on this. You are so dead right on this, Milty. I can't even tell you. In fact, in in these uh, explanations, because this just came out within the last 24 hours, the conservative view, the United States, in our conservative view, they're telling us what we think, has largely been redeemed from slavery through the Civil War. We redeemed ourselves, even though we were this horrifying nation, and from segregation by the Civil Rights Movement. Um, and, uh, and that the idea that America is somehow past its original sin would be news to black people. I, you, you, you literally cannot write this to the tune of, you white people are so horrid that... There are no more excuses for you, you white people, you racist nation, white people. Um, So we need to take an opportunity to talk about the truth of this because Mm -hmm. they're not going to in this. I mean, when you were reading through the essays, they were even using stuff from fictional. Yeah. Yeah. Fictional Fictional books and essays Um, to make their point. Here's the the very first lead in to the first essay. Mm -hmm. It's an essay by Nicole Hannah-Jones. The lead into it is our democracy's founding ideals were false when they were written. Mm-hmm. Black Americans have fought to make them true. The rest of <laughs> us just sat on our behinds doing nothing. What? And uh, also, this is what they point out in the New York Times articles that are circulating everywhere by every journalistic medium you can imagine. The medium wealth possessed by white families is roughly 10 times that of black families. Did they mention that there's only 13 percent African-American in the country and that you have a huge, huge segment of white people in America? Those numbers are. They're not even talking about that side of those numbers. No, 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 no. They just want you to think that the whites are hoarding all the money and the blacks are all poor. And that isn't true either. Well, the median income is a falsehood here. Mm -hmm. Because if blacks are only 13% of the population, then that means that of the 87% other part of the population, Mm -hmm. there's the vast majority of the wealthy are there. Yes, yes. Uh, Okay. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Hi, Kate. It's Surfer Girl. Surfer Girl, you haven't called in in a while. How are you? I'm good. good. I wanted what do you to, think about um, this? I wanted to call in and talk about um, your your caller that talked about how um, everybody's saying in the economy that we're in for a recession and all that, and mm-hmm. that he doesn't think it's so. And I wanted to talk about China. Can we talk about China for a second? Um, okay, we're on this one, but um, but sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. We just, I just wanted to get to some points on this, but go. we'll just make it real super quick. Okay. okay. So it started out as a peaceful protest in China, uh-huh. and then it was hijacked by anarchists. Mm-hmm. And then the attacks on the police and the police headquarters, mm-hmm. and the police were told by the Chinese to get um, the, uh, the, all these attacks mm-hmm. under control, or they were going to bring the PLA in. 
And so then a video surfaced two weeks ago of the State Department official meeting with the leaders of the protests in China. Yeah. Why is the U.S. State Department official meeting with leaders yeah. of the Chinese protests? That's what we were asking last week. Hmm, it's a little curious, don't you think? So, yes, there's, there's some yeah. definite stuff going on there. But there's a serious economic disruption going on in their commerce, mm-hmm. their travel, their economic growth. Right. Hong Kong, the per- it's the pearl of China. I mean, yeah. it's... Sure. That's where they hold all their conventions and everything. Right. And then Trump had tweeted out that the protests had nothing to do with trade war. Yeah. And then on Wednesday, last Wednesday came out a video shown of Chinese protesters with face with their faces covered, holding mm-hmm. um, American flags and singing the Star Spangled Banner. Right. And then um, next we see that that the protesters were called to anti the banks of cash, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the run on the banks. And HSBC is on shaky ground right now. Yeah. And so uh, on that same Wednesday, we had an 800-point drop in our U.S. Um, stock market. Yeah. And there was um, a meeting between Steve Mnuchin and the three top bank CEOs mm-hmm. with the Fed. And immediately after that, Trump was in New Jersey, but there was a conference call with those same CEOs of the financial bank. Right. And then um, there was a report that came out that thousands of military police were staged at Sports Center in mm-hmm, Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And then um, a South China Morning Post article said that two heads of the protest movement, um, a man by the name of Yu and Dennis Wok, mm-hmm. were meeting with U.S. businessmen and politicians in the United States. Yeah. And they're having a four-day meeting in Montana currently. Hmm. Okay, these are the heads of the protest movement. Yeah, the so then, heads. After we, that, I only have about twenty seconds. I've got to hurry, but uh, but yeah, there's there's some there's some pretty heady stuff going on. We'll probably get into this later in the week a little bit more. But there are some there's some we need to look at all these details because there's a lot going on for sure. There's yeah. no yeah. doubt about it. <laughs> I love the call. Thank you. Um, thanks okay. on that. We'll probably uh, go there Friday a little bit more. Thank you, but. Uh, there is a lot going on, and th- th- there's not a whole lot of press on on the details. Like she just stacked them up, so we'll get to that uh, later on in this week, either Thursday or Friday. But um, I wanted to get back to this uh, because you're going to he- be hearing a lot about this this little movement by the New York Times. This movement by the New York Times and why the New York Times is doing it, well, they're very bought and sold. Bought and sold, bought and sold, bought and sold. Carlos Slim owns them, and they're they are. Uh, <laughs> They definitely get directives on on what to do, and New York Times doing this doesn't surprise me. Does it surprise you, Uncle Milty? Not a bit. Yeah. Uh, Um, It's a perfect thing for them to do. Well, it is, because like you said, and you were right on the money, this race war that they are trying to get America involved in, they're doing everything possible by leaving out the facts, by only concentrating on a couple of things that go for the emotion. That's what they're really good at. That's why they keep talking about white wealth poor black okay i remember we just had a group on that was talking about uh uh blacks in america and you had democrats and you had republicans and they were talking about the lie that's told that all black people are poor it's not true now we we have certain dependencies going on and we've we've done that through the constructs of the democratic party i talked about this on friday when people came over um you know they actually uh were erring on the side of of freedom when they realized that that party specifically the democrat party was all for um 
racism, was all for these things. But now they're pretending that that doesn't exist anymore. But let me just tell you that they're going to concentrate on certain things so that you get the emotion that that America isn't fair, that that that, that all white people are racist and all poor yep. black people have been victims of it. And we all participate. Right. Right. And so um, they'll you know, I when I come back. I want to explain to you about those 20 uh, that came over, the first 20 that came over that this is about. This is why they, it was actually 1606, but they're calling it this, this project. Is it 1619? 16? 1619. 1619. And the cult of, of American innocence. You're going to be seeing so much about this. This is why we've got to talk about this for a minute today, because um, this is, this is huge. And you're going to see a lot of posts about it, and you're going to see some very, very skewed facts. I want to get to the, the one of the biggest facts about this that this will not cover. I haven't seen it in any of the articles about it. They're not talking about it at all. And it's huge to the story. Be right back. Balance of Nature. Changing the world one life at a time. While I'm searching for the perfect balance, there's hundreds of thousands of chemicals just in an apple alone and hundreds of thousands in an orange and and all of them. If I can just remove the water without damaging all of the other chemistry, then I can pack it more dense. I never imagined that I would be able to get it down to three fruit capsules and three vegetable capsules and have the same nutrient value as eating over 10 servings of fruits and vegetables every day. Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. Receive 25% off your first preferred purchase of Balance of Nature. Plus, get a set of convenient travel bottles containing a free additional week's supply of Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies. This limited time offer will only be available until the end of the week, so don't wait. Call 800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code KATE. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Um, wow, so much to say in this segment. Uh, <laughs> New York Times came out with a new project. Yes, the New York Times um, is touting its own projects when trying to start a race war in America. And they are really ramping it up. Big time. Uh, big time. I I'm can't... telling such a skewed version of a story you can't even imagine. It's 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 so skewed. They're They're actually... The whole premise of this project, the mm-hmm. 1619 Project, is to make us understand that the year 1619, when they f- brought the first 20 African slaves mm-hmm. to this land, mm-hmm. was the true founding of the United States of America. It wasn't the founding. It was a long ways from the true founding mm-hmm. of the United States of America. Yeah, but they're trying to incorporate all of that into the history of America, sure, sure. which is... Kind of an interesting angle. Well, the reason they're doing it that way, in my opinion, uh-huh. is because that that leads up to 
mm-hmm. this is how we were able to form America through enslavement. Right. Well, that's not necessarily true. No. Um, no. And let me let me give you this piece of history. And I alluded to it on Friday, but I never uh, actually went into it. OK. Um, when they brought people over on those boats, they also brought people from other countries, too. And it was usually poor people that they would say, you're going on this mandatory voyage that you don't get a choice in. And then when you get here, you're going to work either from four to seven years or two to eight years to work off your trip. You will be somebody's slave and you don't get a choice in that. So we're going to barter you off. Right. Uh, you work for those out those, that those years. At the end of those years, you're given three bushels and uh, and some clothing and you are a free person. And this was many different um, nationalities, many different nationalities, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. just black and so, but they're concentrating on only that. This was Dutchmen and, and all kinds of people that were coming over. Okay. So um, they had white and black servants that joined the same households and they were working, eating, sleeping, and running away together. And their terms of service could be extended for a large number for minor offenses. Okay. Anything they did like marrying, having kids without permission, things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. So in, uh, before 17, um, before, I'm sorry, before 1643 servants without indentures which means that you're you're working off this time indentured servant generally became free man and then the terms were you were brought into the colony without indentures or covenants to to testify to their agreement right and the bushels were corn by the way you got three bushel, bushels of corn the first black slave for life actually came from one of the first 20 that came over his name was Anthony Johnson he worked off his indentured servitude when he did that he became a free man he went and bought black slaves he was black himself okay he bought black slaves in fact he bought john Cassor in 1640s right and he was uh he was brought to the virginia colony he was purchased by anthony johnson and so he kept that going this indentured servitude and in in 1653 Kassor, uh, Kassar uh, filed a complaint in Virginia Northampton County Court claiming that his master had unjustly extended the term of his servitude with the intent of keeping this guy his servant for life. And so in the written formal pleading, it said, uh, yet he come unto Virginia for seven or eight years of indenture, yet he demand his uh, freedom from Anth Johnson, his master, and further said ye he, he kept him his servant seven years longer than he should or ought. Okay, that was the formal um, um, lawsuit. Yeah. So then uh, Johnson, insisting he knew nothing of his indenture, fought to retain what he regarded as personal property and said he wanted this Negro for life. And the judge said, yes, the first black owning slave uh, in America was the first one to say that you were a slave for life, that it, it went from indentured servitude for a number of years, which still isn't right. I get it. But then it was the black slave owner to his black slave that made it servitude for life, that that became a slave for life. That is not included in New York Times Project 1619. I, I also want to just add a word. What's that? It was in British America mm-hmm. Not the United States of America when that happened. You're exactly yeah. You're exactly right. You're exactly you're exactly right. They're not going to make that point either. Um, 
more and more uh, they had servitude for life and you could not escape. Um, Christian was the euphemism for the for the period for Caucasian. So they would talk about Christians, uh, but what they meant was um, Caucasian. So they would say uh, Negro or Indian, uh, though baptized and enjoying their own freedom, shall be capable of any purchase of Christians of Caucasians, but yet not debarred from buying any uh, from their own nation. You had a lot of people from same nations buying servitude slaves from their same nation. You're not going to see that in New York Times expose. That's why they're missing such an essential part of this story. And uh, this seems to have slipped by the media um, quite, um, oh, I don't know, just conveniently. See, this isn't excusing what what happened in this country. But I do want to reiterate one more time. And this needs to be said again. That in 1787, and that's as far back as they can go to pinpoint the evidence of it, it probably goes back a little farther if, I'm, if I, my thinking's correct and my research is right. But we'll give it its due, 1787, is when those wealthy white men who are supposed to be so racist and all of their racist congregations of white people were the ones creating the Underground Railroad. They created the Underground Railroad. They came up with the terms. They came up with the safe houses, all the resources to free black slaves and to free other slaves, too, not just the blacks. And it was also free black men, Native Americans, all of these people joined together to do this. If you're a racist nation hell-bent on being racist, and this is what you're all about, and we weren't unracist, uh, uh, you know, and we're, I, well, I guess we're still the racist nation. They tell us we are after 230-plus uh, years. Then why would we be fighting so hard with a segment of society that risked everything, even imprisonment and death, to go and save their neighbor? And it was a very select group that actually had the servitude for life that actually engaged in that on the plantations. It wasn't everybody. So we're just told so many lies. That's why I'm just, I'm getting really frustrated with us. Well, the lies are there because the entire narrative is Mm -hmm. all blacks were enslaved and all whites owned slaves. That's, That's the narrative. The narrative yep. And that is our sole history. It wasn't about the Constitution. It wasn't about economic freedom. It wasn't about religious freedom. It wasn't about anything else. It was only that we are a racist nation. That is our only past in history. That is, that is really sad commentary. There were 12 and a half million Africans kidnapped from Africa mm-hmm. and sold as slaves mm-hmm. in, in, in the world. In the world. Uh In the world. Mm -hmm. Only 400,000 of them were sold into America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there were also upwards of 250,000 Irish slaves. We had slaves from all over. And and truly, they would take those that were poor, get them on the boats, and turn them into slaves, these little white girls, these these teenagers, because uh, they could do it. And there was a um, accepted practice of servitude for your voyage and servitude, even though, you know, they were kind of cruel on the boats over. But, they, but there was that indentured servitude, and then people knew they could work the, their way out of it. That was... That was the accepted practice of the day. Whether or not that's right or wrong, that is part of our history. They did have the endangered uh, slavery, and, um, and that's that. That doesn't make you a racist nation. That was done for economic purposes. So that was done because people wanted the economics of the free slaves living at their home that, for a number of years. 
How many slaves are there in the United States of America today, Kate? Well, there's. They say there's many, just because we have people working under these kinds of conditions all no, the time. No, there's no slaves in the United States. No, of I mean, America I'm today. talking about sex trafficking. But yes, I mean, if you're going to talk about slavery, no, I'm talking we, about just straight out no, slavery. No, we don't. We don't have that. No, no we don't have that. No. no, but in the world, there yeah. are 40 million people mm-hmm. who are slaves. Right, right. There is the selling of slaves in Africa right now. People won't even talk about it. They won't even talk about it. Um, Because if they if they talk about the world Mm -hmm. slave situation, Mm -hmm. it makes the United States of America different Mm -hmm. from the narrative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we ended it. Right. Right. And we fought to end it. A lot of people had to join in to make that happen, by the way. Um, and no, Abraham Lincoln was not all about freeing the slaves. In fact, uh, that was at the very end of the Civil War. It had nothing to do with the Civil War. It was about money. It usually always is. So I just wanted to correct that while we were talking about it, too. One of the essays in this project mm-hmm. talks about how we have never given the, the uh, proper uh, proper acknowledgement mm. of, the, of what blacks have done for this country. Right. We didn't give the proper acknowledgement. And while they say that, they give zero acknowledgement to the whites that fought and died to free black slaves in this country. Mm -hmm. We'll never see a play about that. No, no. We'll never see a project about that. It is the kind of unwritten history. Uh, Smithsonian Magazine actually has a really good expose on on Kasser, uh, John Kasser, C A S O R. If you want to read up on that uh, for reference, but um, that happened in 1655. Was that ruling in favor of Anthony Johnson, black master to his black slave, and that's what turned it on its head, turned it upside down. Was that he wanted to um, um, own him for life? And the judge granted it. So you have to, you know, it's just so funny when they leave that out of the history. Um, We, as far as being white in this nation, I always think it's very interesting that that's that's the reflection. That's the only reflection we have looking back. But nobody can talk about the Constitution. Nobody can talk about the freedom of why people clamored to come here and why they continue to clamor to come here. Nobody can talk about the um, uh, the economics of, of capitalism. They can't talk about how that has freed people. They can't talk about religious freedom. It's all wrapped up in racism. And that's exactly what they want the youth to think. They want the youth to be very very, very ashamed of America without without talking about any of these truths we've just been talking mm-hmm. about. And I, I, for one, am getting tired of it. If, if there's ever a need to sit down with your youth, uh, whether it's grandkids or kids or whatever the case may be, maybe you're an uncle or an aunt, sit down with the youth and describe the things we're talking about. Because if they're not hearing any of this, they're hearing what New York Times is putting out. And I promise the educators in in a lot of schools across the country are going to be talking about that and shaming these poor kids into thinking that they're just the most evil, corrupt kids in the world. And that isn't true. It's just not true. We have a rich history of people that really tried uh, for a long time of a very accepted practice, and it was going on all over the world. It was not distinctly just for America. This was going on everywhere. That, and so to think that we are solely responsible for racism, white against black, 
when clearly we had black owners and black slaves and we had black slaves of all kinds. I mean, or or black owners of all kinds. You can't even imagine. Let's at least talk about the truth if we're going to get to the truth. We're not going to get to the truth in this. (laughs) Well, New York Times isn't going to tell the truth. Be right back. I've never expected them to. Be right back on The Kate Daly Show. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is The Kate Daly Show. We'll take your calls, 888-673-1450. You know, the the practice at the time, uh, we're talking about slavery. New York Times has a new uh, project it's put out there. It's kind of like a, a, a project to to really tell a lot of lies, actually, about America and that America's only history is a racist history, and that's it, and that's just not true, as we've exposed so many times on the show. The first black owner of a, from that first 20, the group of 20 that came over in 1606, that first group of 20, one of them was named Anthony Johnson. He was a black slave who worked off his indentured servitude for the voyage. Uh, that was um, uh, four to seven years or two to eight years, depending on who you talk to at the time, less than a decade. And then, um, and I'm not saying that's right because they were forced to come, but he turned around and bought slaves, bought black slaves, black owner, black slaves. He was the one that went to court to fight for having a slave be a slave for life. Up until that point, we had slavery all over the world, but it was indentured servitude for a certain amount of time to pay off either a debt or um, something. Well, there was plain slavery also. Mm Right. Indentured servitude was a kind of a contractual slavery. Yes. Yes. And so, um, so you know, there were people on the boats that came over, especially even the first boat. They were of all different descents, not just black. But for some reason, history now says it's only 20 black people. Think about the logic of that. You have a large boat for 20 people. That doesn't equate, does it? They took that voyage with many different nationalities, a lot of them poor, and brought them over. And um, and it was a black man that fought to have a black slave for life. That didn't happen up until then. Now, the colonies used indentured servitude. Um, there were a lot of economic reasons. Uh, a lot of people, there were poor people that wanted to come over that said, I will be a slave for two to eight years, uh, four to seven years to work it off. There were people that said, I'll be the domestic help. I'll, I'll work in the households, whatever the case may be, just to come over here. Why? Why? Because religious freedom, because of those religious freedoms that uh, that America espoused. So, hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. So, Kate, thank you so much for... Um all the research that you do, um, sure. it's just fascinating. Every show that I listen to, I just learn uh, so much. Thanks. Um, and I, I love the topic today. You know, it's it's so interesting to me. If they really want to start a race war, why don't they go to Spain and say, hey, you know what, you're conquistadors. 
enslaved all of you Native American people and forced them, <laughs> you know, yeah. to, to do all this, I mean, You're change right. their entire culture, for crying out loud. Just like you've been saying, all over the world, you know, bad things have happened. Yep. But, what, but what, really, what really is happening, right. what really is happening is they're trying to get people to, to consider that race is at the foundation of America and yes. that's obviously wrong. But yes. why are they doing that? Because they're trying to say that, that our country is so flawed and it's got this, this horrible disease in every mm-hmm. single organ yep. of it that we've got to kill it Yeah, because they want to replace it. And what do they want to replace it with? Yeah. It's even scarier. The the Bernie Sanders yeah. mantra of the Stalin Constitution. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So that's where we've got to, just like what you're doing, we've got to help people understand the entire story, mm-hmm. the entire 360 right. degrees of this is not why we were founded. This is part of our history. It's great that we're talking about it, but if you're going to talk about it, for Be crying truthful. out loud... You know, bring up the facts. (laughs) Tell the truth in context, because we also had Roman slaves. We also had all kinds of slavery all the way back recorded. This is something that's always happened. And and so to think that it's distinctly America, that America is the only abuser. Are you kidding me? This was a way of life. And and you know what? When that ink was dry on that Constitution, did we not fight as a country also? Was there not a huge underlying effort to change it? Did you see a lot of other people trying to change? it no they changed well, it here and, yeah and and you have to remember too so they're i got to thinking about this they're really pitching to that millennial generation yes. and what are the millennials all about they're so focused hyper focused on on them and egocentric and that's a part of why the world doesn't really like america it's because they feel like mm-hmm. you know we're all about us and yeah. this is playing right into Mm-hmm. You know, we're Thank the you. only ones, and, and this is our problem, and it has yes. nothing to do with anybody else in the world. It's only us. I totally agree. Thank you so much. Great, insightful call. I really love it. And they're also, they have the millennials thinking that the humans are the enemy of the planet, and they have us thinking that American uh, the youth, that Americans are the, are the, have the only stranglehold on racism. It's amazing, isn't it? It's wow. A, it's worse than amazing. These uh, th- this entire situation that's going on right now mm-hmm. has a definite reason to exist, though. Yes, and it's a shame that so many people seem to fall for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and you're right. We do not have legalized slavery here. <laughs> we we sought very quickly to eradicate ourselves of it, and uh, and then and then also. Um, when that declaration was penned, do you know, because of the history of this world, because of the history of this planet, it could have been in there. It could have been in there. It could have actually mentioned um, that, uh, that, that indentured servitude was just fine because it was a very accepted mm-hmm. practice at the time. But it didn't. It didn't. It talked about um, being uh, free. Free, all, everyone, free. This was a God-inspired document. This was a God-inspired country. And and as soon as ink was dry, we moved to change it. Well, indentured servitude was a way to repay Mm -hmm. a debt. Right. I guess if it's a way to repay a debt, many Americans are indentured servants today. 
Yeah. Because there's an awful lot of them in debt. Yeah. That's the that's the big secret Through of our the government. day. Yes, that is the big secret of the day. Um, and they are they worked very, very, very hard to um, to victimize and to also paint history in a different way for a hundred years. I mean, we have been this nation, the New York Times in this piece, and this is why we're talking about it today, is this just came out. The New York Times decided that they wanted to be at the forefront of this race war and really encourage it by doing Project 1619, the year 1619, to tell you that our entire history is based on this. Racism. How awful we are. <clears throat> and it's, it's, it's horrid. The more people try to tell the truth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of both sides... They use that against you. Yeah. Well, you can't say that if because I, yeah. you wouldn't say that if you weren't a racist. Well, yeah. And if I talk about Anthony Johnson, now I'm condoning slavery. That's not true. I would never condone slavery. But I think the truth needs to be told because they're very, very heavily. It's very heavy handed in its approach because they're talking about wealth White people are wealthy, poor people are black. They're, they're pointing to every skewed statistic. We have 13% black in America, okay? The majority of the country is white. So in the kinds of things that they are going to portray and the kinds of numbers they're going to pull, they're never going to tell you that part. They're only going to tell you that blacks in America are disadvantaged, blacks in America have this, have that, and whites have it all. That isn't true. It has not been true. It's just that you have a majority here. If so, if half of the right. blacks in the United States were millionaires, mm-hmm. half of them, right, it would still be the median income to the advantage of white people. Yeah, yeah, and because there's plenty of poor white people. Right, right, and we're such a racist nation that people that would have never voted for a Democrat voted for Barack Obama. We had no knowledge of his history, nothing. Nothing. We didn't even request anything. We didn't even care. It was give the guy a chance. You know, um, sure. Why not? Let's let's do this. Let's 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 give him the form of the country for eight years. And it was a total hot mess disaster. And you know what? People were willing. They were even like, well, we'll just give him a chance. You know what? We have been so (laughs) this is the same nation that's a racist nation. I'm just I'm just. I don't even know what to say anymore. We're when, not a racist nation. When President Obama was running, uh-huh. I heard a lot of people say, gee, we don't know much about him. I heard a lot of people say, I don't like the policies I hear him saying. Mm-hmm. But I never heard one person say, I won't vote for him because he's black. Yeah. I never heard that no. from anybody. And countries typically, when you have a minority that's only at 13%, you're not usually going to have somebody as president of your country that's in that minority no. minority. So no. I'm just saying that, that that even statistically you won't find that. But in America, we were all about giving somebody a chance, even though we didn't know one thing about them, and we still don't. Just wanted to mention that. Um, we just have a crisis of... of um, information, um, wisdom, um, knowledge, truth in this country. We haven't been told the truth for a really long time, and now they're capitalizing on it. So you're a demon of the planet if you used a plastic bag today, and you are a hateful, racist, white person, and you should just be apologetic and want to just hand everything to the next black person that you see. You know, 
I, I can't believe there are people on this bandwagon, but there truly are. And the stories, like you said, they're pulling from um, fiction to tell mm-hmm. a story, to wrap the emotion around it, to get people to, um, to, to think that everything they're espousing is true. And I really wish, I really wish, and they're really demonizing the conservative. The conservative Christian white person yep. is, but it was the Christians that stepped up. Let me remind you, the Christians that stepped up, the Quakers, the Methodists, the Presbyterians, all of them stepped up to help free black slaves at their own peril and with their own resources, risking everything. And they did that. So I just wish that, man, is it too, is it too hard to wish that they would actually include that in the conversation? I guess it is. I don't know. It just detracts too much from their goal. They have a goal here. Yes, they do. And the goal is not to get the truth out. Mm-hmm. The goal is to cause issues and problems. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So just keep your eye on this. This is the 1619 Project. The New York Times is heading up. Read through it. Yeah. Um, guess they're not all about journalism. Hmm. I don't even think they know what that word means anymore. Um, also, uh, one of my best moments was when the New York Times quoted me talking about how the New York Times is bought and sold in their own newspaper. <laughs> that was like <laughs> the most ironic best moment, can I just say? Anyway, um, I need to put that article up. That was the funniest article because um, I talked about the history. Uh, also, the Pentagon, I might talk about this tomorrow, the Pentagon is trying to reinvent ISIS. They're trying to get you to think that ISIS is around every corner now. So... <laughs> There's lots of lies being told. What are we going to do to correct all this? How are we going to correct this? We're up against this monumental feat right now. There has to, everyone that's willing has to speak the truth. Yeah. Everyone that's willing. It could affect a lot of people. In any way you can, whether it's writing a little something on Facebook or a letter to your editor in your local newspaper. Yeah. Talk to your neighbor. Yeah. And say, have you heard this ridiculous stuff? Yeah. Let people know what's I guarantee you that that a very small percentage of the population, unless we do something, will even know this 1619 project even exists. Yeah. Let's hope. I'm uh, anyway. You can also donate to shows like mine, or, and and uh, and of course, Chris Ann Hall. Um, we're all out there, really trying to educate and trying to bring this to the forefront. We work more with um, with headlines and and all of the things we're dealing with today. We delve into history quite a bit too. Um, but you can also donate to the show if you if you're not up to doing all this research. Help us get out there more. There's lots of things that can be done. I love the 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 write a piece for the editor because I'm telling you you'll find yourself printed and you know what it's great it's great people will read it we have got to we have got to start correcting this and let our youth know i'm pleading with you to let the youth know that that we have a serious crisis of of complete and total propaganda right now like i've never seen before and all these you know people that are leaving politics what are they getting into they're getting into news outlets journalism outlets and I'm really afraid, I, I really am, to see what, what in the world and why um, they're, they're concerned with the propaganda mechanisms of our time and why they're going there. 
that is that is really something to to kind of think about as we uh, head off from the show today. Why are they taking up spots in the hierarchies of these news and journalism, what they're calling journalism, mainstream media organizations? Hmm. Anyway, thank you, Uncle Milty. You're welcome. Yeah, always uh, bringing up just fantastic points. This is why. He's my co-host. This is why. <laughs> you riot. Well, I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, be faithful. Be fearless. Everybody have a, a fantastic evening. Talk to your kids and grandkids. Talk to them. Make sure you're telling them these stories. And see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.